Welcome to On the Table, a podcast about board games, card games, and tabletop war games. Hey, it's Chase from On the Table Gaming, and welcome back to episode 94 of the On the Table Gaming podcast. And today I'm joined by someone that we've been familiar with for a long time, who's been putting out quality work for, I guess I can say, years now. Uh, but we're finally getting on the podcast to talk in person. It's Shane from Boardman Gaming, and you've probably seen his custom scenarios. So we're going to be diving in and taking a look at some of the cool stuff he's been putting out and and finding out how you know how he got into the game and, and the excitement he brings to the hobby that we all love. So Shane, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. Oh, thank you for having me, man. It's a, it's an honor to be here. I'm just such a huge fan of the content you've created, you know, the scenarios you've made. So I'm excited to talk about this Watcher on the Wall scenario you have one of many amazing scenarios, but also you've got some cool what if scenarios that I'm excited to explore as well. For me, that's kind of like a fun, like creative writing thing. So uh, I enjoy like as a hobby just to write a little bit. And so that kind of gave me an avenue to kind of explore some different things. Um, a lot of them, you know, relate to uh, things that probably would have happened in the book. So you always kind of want to see like, how would that play out on the table? So, oh, I've already plugged. <laughs> it's, already there we go. it's contagious. Yeah, pro. Here we go. Yeah. <laughs> So before we jump into the scenarios that you've made, um, you know, how did you get into gaming? And then ultimately, like, how did you find your way to a Song of Ice and Fire, the miniatures game? Yeah, when I was younger, um, I was definitely really interested in 40K, but it seemed so kind of uh, unattainable, like not accessible. <laughs> so I kind of followed it from afar, just um, was always interested, thought it was really cool. And then when the Lord of the Rings stuff came out, especially, I thought it was just awesome but i just couldn't like find a way into the hobby and so that was years ago right that was probably like 15 years ago and then over that time i became a huge fan of the game of thrones show started reading all the books and me and my friends actually started playing the game of thrones board game a lot so so uh, yeah that was a good time i guess we really enjoy kind of uh stabbing each other in the back and, and lying so. <laughs> We got together a lot and it became a little repetitive because you had, you know, the same six houses uh, mm -hmm. that we played. So I started designing actually some custom cards that were kind of more based on the TV show. Yeah, so we played that a lot. It was good. And then it kind of died out. Unfortunately, you know, people move away, things happen. Um, and then I saw actually the ad for the Kickstarter for the Song of Ice and Fire game. I thought, you know, two players is perfect because it's kind of hard to get six people together for the Game of Thrones board game, you know, every week. But two people, I think that could be attainable. So I, I back to Kickstarter. I was really excited. I didn't know for sure, right? Because I haven't really played any uh, miniature wargaming games before. So I backed the Kickstarter. And I thought, you know, worst case scenario, I'll just um, I'll just use the like the the miniatures as maybe like board pieces for the board game. I can create like a giant map of Westeros and use the, the board pieces for that. And then I finally got all the Kickstarter stuff. It was like the greatest day of all time. I'm sure you remember when like that giant oh box just like arrived on your doorstep. <laughs> yes. And so I opened up all the stuff. I invited my, my buddy over and yeah, we played our first game and I was like, I am going to go broke because I love this game so much. And <laughs> I knew like from then on I was hooked. Man, yeah, that's I distinctly remember that experience too, like the box showing up. And in my case, uh, my buddy Josh didn't get his till like a week later. So I like I already started like painting mine and getting everything together. And, um, but oh my gosh, such such joy with that. And so, you know, then you, you started playing the game and you started then eventually to turn your eye towards making this custom content. Um, you know, what kind of inspired you to start making your own like thematic scenarios? Yeah, like I mentioned, um, so I made all those cards for the Game of Thrones board game. 
And so there's always that kind of itch there for me. I'm a kind of creative person. I like to do stuff like that. Um, so it's always in the back of my mind, like, what could I do for this game? Like, do I want to design, like, kind of game mats or, like, something like that? Do I want to design, like, a campaign? Mm -hmm. um, and then, actually, I think around that time, the Whispering Wood scenario was released by Simon. Yeah. So that was okay. Like, it was, it was, like, super exciting, like, the concept. But I feel like um, I just missed the, the, the woods, you know? Like, <laughs> it's more like the Whispering Corpse Pile scenario. So... <laughs> um, <laughs> So I thought like, you know, like scenarios, that could be something. So I started thinking about it and then Battle of Bastards kind of became like the one thing, you know, like that yes. would be like my goal. And so first I really just thought like, how would that work? And I started thinking of Jon Snow with the Starks. Free Folk had just come out. And so my friends came over and I'm like, uh, maybe I'll make like a delightful pamphlet or something just to have a couple of rules on it, just to make it, you know, spice it up a little bit. So I, I made that, we played it, it was really fun. And then a couple of weeks later, I thought, you know, like this thing I made is okay, but like, I think I can make it look nicer. And so it slowly just became kind of this thing for myself where I put a cover page on it. I started to make it look more like the Whispering Wood scenario. Mm -hmm. And then after a while, I was like, this looks, it looks good. <laughs> like, I think this is pretty cool. Uh, so that's why I, I contacted you, actually. I slipped into your DMs and yeah. I, uh, <laughs> I said, hey, uh, if you're interested, I would love for you to post this. I think it'd be cool. And that Battle of the Bastards uh, scenario was so much fun. That was only like halfway through. There was like a uh, like the show style corpse pile, um, like wall. Yeah, I really liked like trying to match the visuals from like either the books or the show. And so that's one thing. It's a little clunky. You know, the corpse pile is just kind of magically appear out of nowhere but when you see it on the board like that u-shape of corpse piles it just looks awesome you know so those are the kind of things I, I try to aim for and your the actual layout and the the editing and the you know just the rules in general like it's so rare to see like that triple threat and and you really have it all and so it makes it it's so much more fun to like pick it up and have it feel like official it looks great and then it's you know really tight mechanics yeah thank you i spent a lot of time it's actually fun i guess it's funny i spent a lot of time reading the rules Mm -hmm. And yet when I play the game, then I just totally forget all of them. Oh, <laughs> you're so, a like, good company. <laughs> yeah. So when I don't have anything in front of me, like no miniatures in front of me, I could like tell you like, oh, speed sticks, all this stuff, um, every rule. And then all of a sudden I'm playing it. I'm like, I better check the cards. Like, what am I doing right now? Yeah, yeah. I have that same problem where I'll be like, I got to move my free for graders up. And I'm like, wait, 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 what's their movement again? It's like, I've moved these like so <laughs> many times, but in the moment, I'm always like, just got to make sure I don't want to mess up. Yeah, you're like, what does insignificant do again? I'm like, I check. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh man, head on over to Boardman Gaming, uh, Wixsite.com to check out all his scenarios, and I'll link that in the show notes before. But I thought maybe we'd talk about uh, specifically uh, your Watchers on the Wall scenario. Yeah, um, especially um, now when I make scenarios, I really try to make them as close to kind of a, an official game mode as possible. I don't want people, you know, having to go back, look at the custom scenario rules, and then uh, you know, play for a bit, forget what they're doing. And so I try my best to kind of really match um, the game modes and then maybe add like one or two like rules to kind of match like the flavor of the event that I'm depicting. But um, for this one, I thought like, how crazy can I make the game with it still being, you know, a Song of Ice and Fire tabletop miniatures game? <laughs> so we got, so I love the way you take and you add like flavor text and in, uh, especially in the what if ones, uh, but even just starting here. So the watchers on the wall, The horn echoed across the frigid night sky, one blast, rangers returning. 
Wind and snow beat against the guards' cloaks as they shuffled to their posts. The night's watchmen stopped in their tracks as a second blast rang out. Wildlings. The haunted forest erupted in flames, signaling to the raiders to strike Castle Black. High up upon the battlements, Jon Snow and Alistair Thorne saw tiny shapes move out from underneath the dark boughs of the forest. Tens of thousands of wildlings boldly marched towards the wall. Lumbering behind them were monsters out of myth, giants and mammoths. The Night's Watch were outnumbered nearly a thousand to one. They vowed to give their lives in defense of the Seven Kingdoms. It seemed that tonight would be that night. You know, just like, I love that little bit of flavor. So now it's like, okay, like now the scene is set. Like I'm, I'm ready to play. Like, let's go right now. Yeah, that was the creative writing that I was talking about. I'm like a miniature George R. Martin. I'm like George QQ Martin, I guess. Or, <laughs> so uh, for me, that kind of stuff you, is really- You've put out I'm, a lot of works though. I don't know if that, uh, there's a lot of- uh, Yeah, I may be faster than he is, but uh, that's just fun for me. I don't even know if anyone reads it. So that's it was really cool to hear you kind of read it out loud, but- um, Oh my gosh, there are scenarios that I haven't played yet that I've just like read the flavor of and been like, yeah, someday when the plague ends. So for this scenario then, so what are we looking at then? So you might sometimes add in special rules or mechanics, or maybe use sometimes terrain that isn't often used. Yeah, so this one is probably the most complicated, uh, just because you are on both sides. So you have free folk from the north and then free folk from south of the wall. Night's Watch are in the center, uh, and you're really being surrounded. And so I actually made a mechanic for a couple of scenarios where um, I guess every turn you roll a d3, and then you add victory points to the castle walls. So the castle walls aren't um, so the castle walls aren't specifically five points when you destroy them. Instead, mm -hmm. the defender gets to decide how many points they're worth, right? So you can maybe say, I'll put all the points onto one wall and put all my troops over there to defend that portion of the board. Um, but it's really hard when you have so many um, free folk coming kind of in waves at you on that side of the wall. Um, actually, I thought this might be a good time to talk to you about some um, changes I might have to make to the scenario. Oh, yeah. Well, what are you thinking? So we all know that coming out, hopefully in November, is the War Mammoth. I mean, we, we are very aware, yeah. Originally, I thought the War Mammoth would be pretty easy just to drop in. Um, I didn't think the rules would be so unique, but the trample rule is actually kind of really unique and, and quite different. And so now the problem I'm having is that um, in the scenario, we have like the two plateaus, which are right beside the castle walls. Uh... You can see it on page five of the, um, for those following along at home, uh, page five of the document. And so the two plateaus, the plateaus really don't have any rules like from Simon, right? So I kind of had to make my own, which are uh, high ground where the um, attacker has to suffer D3 wounds, uh, typically like after they attack. For this one, it's like D6 wounds because it's supposed to kind of represent how tall the wall is. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like the raiders are climbing up it. But now you're going to have the mammoth. I guess, trampling down, Tokyo drifting, and just, I guess, hitting the unit that's on top of the plateau. And so <laughs> if you visualize it, like I try to kind of match like what the TV show did. So if you visualize it, it'd be like Jon Snow looking down and then you're seeing mammoths just like punch into the wall and climbing up slowly. So I guess I have to put in a rule that says like uh, mammoths can't trample units on top of the plateau. Yeah, I think that would make sense, right? But then they become kind of uh, they lose kind of a key rule because it's going to be very difficult for them. So I think that's kind of a fun part of the scenarios as well, where you're going to have to rethink of how you use these um, 
these units. Um, so maybe for this, you can kind of put the mammoths in front of the giants. And so it kind of blocks them from being shot at by the walls. Like typically the walls, um, they, you know, you don't have to, you can, so typically the walls, they actually um, ignore intervening units. That's still the mammoths would be a good decoy, I think. So I think you have to start rethinking how you use uh, like these units in especially this scenario. Yeah, absolutely. And another thing I really like about how you present the scenario is it's in a very similar style to the official ones where you'll have like a recommended list that's like thematic, but you also allow for like open creation. But it's just helpful to go through and, and look at some of the cool thematic choices. You kind of like give options to have a very flavorful army that would, you know, really fit the scenario well. Yeah, I've spent a lot of time on the uh, Song of Ice and Fire wiki just <laughs> reading about like who was at what event, like what were they doing? How is that like similar to the TV show? Do I want to add elements of the TV show or do I want to keep it totally separate? So um, to me, like that kind of stuff is fun. Like I enjoy, I'm sure you enjoy doing research. Oh my too. gosh, you yeah. Like, when it's coming out, new characters. A search of ice and fire being like, okay, like, you know, maybe a future thing for us to talk about in another episode. But, you know, like what was every skin changer referenced in A Song of Ice and Fire? And what were all the cool animals they have? Like, oh man, I can't wait for, I forget what their name is, but it has like an angry goat that they're known for <laughs> inhabiting. And it's like, give me my angry goat free folk. Like, let's go. But yes, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, you definitely get lost in the uh, the rabbit hole of of information. <laughs> and you even make custom units though that are really thematic, and you know could honestly almost just be units for the game. Like in this case, you make a, a beautifully designed card with great rules. That is the Stewards of Castle Black, one of the Night's Watch you know branches. I guess we'd say that isn't really represented too much in the normal Night's Watch army. Yeah, um, that really came about when. I think there's a lot of discussion every time there's a new unit revealed. There's a lot of discussion about, um, you know, people want it to be a certain way. You kind of think people want like, you know, three plus armor, uh, six morale. They want like a certain dice line. And so to me, it just became kind of repetitive. Like we saw units being compared to this like one kind of perfect thing. And I started mm -hmm. to think like, how can units be more um, unique and serve like very specific purposes? Um, and so for um, this example, like the stewards of Castle Black, I thought, like, what if there's a unit that's specifically just for healing? Um, and in this scenario, that'd be really, really helpful because you have so much, like, defensive, um, you have a lot of defensive structures around the Night's Watch units. And so this guy can kind of just sit in the middle and just feed your Swarm Brothers or your veterans and um, really make them almost unkillable, really. Um, so yeah, I just think that it'd be there's a lot of design space that really hasn't been explored yet. So far, it's like, how can this unit kill? But I'm starting to think of like, how can this unit maybe defend, like specifically just defend, or how can this unit heal other units? And that's what the stewards of Castle Black do, right? So they got this ten to the wounded ability. Each time this unit activates, it may restore D3 plus one wounds to a friendly combat unit within short range, and then call to arms once per game at the start of any turn. You can remove up to five models total from this unit and restore that many wounds across any number of friendly combat units within long range. It's a five-point unit. Yeah. So they're kind of hanging back. They're kind of bolstering the troop. Yeah, it's one of those units where it's either going to, like, really make a huge difference, and you think, like, well, maybe this is better than five points, or it's going to do nothing at all, and you think this unit's not worth, like, three, or, like, I'll never take it again. So to me, I like that kind of swingy nature, especially if it's for, uh, like, a very specific scenario. And as someone who does a lot of Photoshop stuff, I really appreciate the time you took on making the art fit in the style. It's got that same sort of painted background. You even put flavor text on here. The Night's Watch may be the shield that guards the realm of men. 
but they still need a pot to piss in and some stew for supper. It goes on, but it's just so amazing. Like you'd be uh, remiss to think that like this might be an actual unit from the game. Yeah, um, I can give you, I guess, a little um, background information and kind of my secret that I, I use. Oh, I actually have like a 20 year old version of Photoshop. So uh, <laughs> I have like the worst version of Photoshop imaginable that still runs. Um, but to me, it's just like about using layers and kind of just right. To me, it's kind of therapeutic. You know, I just spend the time just erasing things, moving it in, using layers. Um, and after, after a while, if you just kind of cut and paste things properly, it looks pretty legit. People would be upset with me, and I probably shouldn't even say this, but the amount of stuff that I cut or even then like animate and then don't like put out there for like everything I produce, I probably have like five to six things that I've made that I'm just like, man, this is just fun for me. It was like relaxing. Yeah, I'm the same way. I actually just got um, a couple of the Dark Sword miniature models, uh, like Arston Whitebeard and Viserys Targaryen. Mm -hmm. And so I made my own cards. I'm like, should I put them in a scenario one oh, day? Maybe goodness. we can yeah. talk about that with our what-if scenarios. Um, but for now, it's like, that's just, you know, for me. And I am I think it's cool to have stuff like that. Yeah. And so then you did kind of preview there. You have these what-ifs. So, I mean, obviously, guys, if you haven't checked out these scenarios, if you've got a gaming group that's been playing for, for a while, you know, people can get stuck in, in kind of this sort of tournament mindset or, you know, you're playing the same modes over and over again. You're obviously wanting to develop mastery and skill. But these are such a great way to, to approach the game in like another way. And it for me, and I, I have to admit, I have not played all of your scenarios. But for me, I mean, I'm even thinking back to the 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 Battle of the Bastards, like uh, it's hard to explain, but there's like a certain joy. It's like when you play, you first got the game and you open it and you play like a scenario for the first time, and you're like, whoa, oh my gosh, like, and this happens that, and like there's the figuring it out process, which is a kind of fun. You get that experience with these and I don't know. It just strikes that right chord of being uh, flavorful and like reminds you of the show or reminds you of certain scenarios that you're like, oh yeah, I have this, how does this play out in my head? And it's yeah, using the miniatures cool. and like hitting that mechanic. And um, you know, I love the Whispering Woods scenario, uh, but I feel like in this case, you've maybe taken that to this, this sort of sweet spot where it like, it looks good, but it feels good as well. And uh, you know, I don't know. That's why I'm just such a big fan. Yeah, for sure. Um, I will admit, like, I will always go with, like, the aesthetic over, like, you know, like, rules that are 100, like, 50-50 exactly, right? So I will always kind of go for the flavor of the event over making sure it's totally matched. Because to me, like, some of the excitement of it is, uh, like, the Red Wedding scenario is a really good example, is you're pretty screwed as, as the Starks. You're surrounded, and that's the idea. You want to, you know you're at a disadvantage, but then the excitement comes from, how can I get out of this? Like, what, what could I do if I was in this situation? And so I like being in kind of the underdog uh, in some of these game modes. All right. Let's talk about your what if scenarios, though. Um, do you have a favorite? Um, to me, the, my favorite that I wrote about for sure was the Dothraki Horde. Because okay. if you see like the, um, like the, the intro text on the website, it's just like ridiculous. Robert Baratheon drunk on the battlefield, kicking lions and like, um, <laughs> sorry, Harakar. Uh, kicking them around and just being, you know, the Bobby B kind of full meme. Um, so that one's a lot of fun. Um, I also really like the mountain versus the wall because all the other ones are kind of, they actually maybe could have taken place in the universe. Like you think like Renly attacking King's Landing, like almost happened. Um, I know like Josh Robert, is a fan of Robert the, what if the packs arrives. 
yeah, yeah. that almost happened but um this one it's really just like how many crazy units can i put into one battle so it's like the pyromancers bastards girls uh gregor clane and the mountain gregor clegane and the mountains men and then you have the night's watch on the other side and you know they're trying to bring the uh, wildfire up to the wall and explode it so um, I like that one just for kind of the sheer lunacy that it, that uh, it brings. Now you also not only have amazing art, and this one you've taken the the mountain, uh, the what if the mountain versus the wall. You've got a great image of the mountain from the art, and you got the wall like depicted behind him. But in your photographs, you also have some barrels and some farmhouses in the background. But that's what I note. You've got them standing up on what looks to be like a miniature wall. Do you have like a the wall like set like a miniature set? Yeah, actually, um, I think I would forget exactly what company released it, but it was uh, they released them like three and three quarter inch action figures. They were like the Night's Watch, I think a couple uh, White Walkers, mm-hmm. uh, and they had this wall playset that came with Tyrion. I thought like that's pretty much the same length as the Castle Wall cutout for uh, the miniatures game. But it was like fifty bucks for the wall, so I'm like, you know, like I like the game, but I don't, I can't. <laughs> There's, I have to, I have to draw the line yeah. somewhere, you know. I have, to, I have to still afford lunch, so. Um, <laughs> and then I waited. Then I kept on seeing on Amazon. I kept on lowering in price, and then kept on getting lower and lower. And eventually, I got two for eleven bucks each. What? So, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I have it right now, and I. It's one of those things where like it takes up a lot of room, and I use it like once a year. But when I take it out, I'm like, this is the coolest thing that I've ever owned, and. <laughs> It just really brings a lot of like, uh, it's also really good. You can see it probably in the background of a lot of my uh, Night's Watch pictures, mm-hmm. which is also, I guess, kind of like my secret shame is I don't have any painted miniatures, um, which I will be working on. That's like my goal for 2021 is to finally paint my miniatures. I just don't have the space right now to to do that. Gotcha. Oh, that makes sense, right? And that's kind of one of the cool things about A Song of Ice and Fire, right? Is it's like so accessible because you can just like pick it up and play. Um, exactly. That's why I loved it because. Uh, like I mentioned earlier, like Warhammer, uh, the Lord of the Rings battle game, like it just seems so intimidating for this. Like I knew that I was going to open up the box. Then I called my friend over and we had a game like right away. And it just was so intuitive, the rules. Um, it was so easy to get into no model, like no modeling, no painting. Um, and so I'm excited for that stuff. But the fact that I don't need to do it to get started was like, such a huge Awesome factor. So is there any room for, you have any future like what if scenarios like percolating in your mind? Can I like sort of start to plant some seeds or something in there? Yeah, the two that I have, I have a couple of stuff that's ready for the Greyjoy releases. I'm obviously, I, anytime a new army comes out, I get really excited. Um, so the two what if scenarios I have like kind of percolating right now are Lord Commander Eddard Stark. Hmm. What if, you know, Ned, instead of being killed, he was sent to the yeah. wall? Yeah, oh. And that's actually, I've been thinking about it for a long time, but for some reason, I just haven't, like, been inspired to do it. I think some other stuff got in the way. Like, I started working on it, and the Baratheons came out, and the Targaryens came out. So now I'm really excited to focus on that one. And then the other one I'm thinking of is the Greyjoys attacking uh, the Lannisters. So imagine if oh. um, Theon could actually convince Balon to join the Starks. And so yes. they have to go to Castle Rock and attack Castle Rock. Oh my gosh, that opens up so much with the Greyjoys. I should say I'm so excited for Mo Kalen especially. That's like one of the visuals I really love from the book, just like yeah. the three towers in the swamp. And so I have two really cool scenarios, hopefully really cool scenarios uh, that will be released when the Greyjoys come out, where they're kind of like honed and ready, like the rules for the new beta mm-hmm. game, where 
you can control the towers, um, but then you also get arrows shot down at you every, you know, at the end of every round. So um, oh, that was, I think, my favorite of the new uh, beta scenarios. It's really fun. So I'm excited to bring those mechanics into some of these uh, custom scenarios. God, I got to think of a way. So this is, uh, I'm afraid to say this out loud in case word ever gets back to like a CMON game developer and they don't do it because they're like, oh, it's already been talked about. But I've always wanted to have like uh, an elite character unit for free folk that was like Mance Raider as like Abel the Bard, but with his like spear wives that he goes to a free Arya Stark with and have like an elite like character unit like that. I'm trying to think of a what a what if scenario where I can convince you to make <laughs> make it. Well, in the fall of the Dreadfort scenario, I do have Abel the Bard. So he's actually it's this is one of the more confusing mechanics, but it's more confusing when you hear about it, less confusing in like when you practically play it. But basically you start as Mance Raider, glamoured as Rattleshirt. And then if you roll uh, one on your D6, he turns in like the glamour fails, he turns into Mance Raider, and then you have to move him um again oh like Wait, it's what's actually the name of the scenario again i have not seen this one all of the dreadful oh there we go all right well i got my things queued up now to play that's next on my list yeah i'm always looking for new ideas if i thought maybe um if you maybe give me some different commanders i could start thinking of like a narrative reason why those two characters would come together oh i keep showing my bias here but there's even like some sort of internal conflicts within the free folk right so what was it styre had to get beaten by Harma. Rattleshirt and Harma. Oh, Harma. Yeah, Rattleshirt yeah, and Harma. Steyer. Steyer got beat like by Mance. It had to be beaten like multiple times, I think, before he like submitted and bent the knee. So there yes, could be some because, cool um, like Civil War stuff. Yeah, and the Sens, they think of Steyer as like a god. Yeah. So they wouldn't follow anyone unless they really, I guess, kind of show that they could be um, you know, the leader that they need. So and I think the Then and Steyer are the only ones that can actually speak giant. So that could be like a cool like tie in there. Like maybe they yeah, get all like the monster yeah. stuff. Yeah. So you have the Thens and the Giants against Mance Raider and some Raiders. That'd be really cool. Yeah. And then I, I know Josh about, always um, jokes about it, but he always wanted something with like the shadow monster thing from Melisandre from the show. Well, that's actually also in my uh, Storm's End uh, scenario. There we go, man. You got all the good ideas already. Gotta... Yeah, that's the problem. They, there's. I have 36 scenarios now, so there's a lot of stuff. Um, in that one, actually, you place um, the Stannis model like next to Renly, and then he can roll a die and assassinate Renly. And there's also actually um, the second storm, uh, Siege of Storm's End, which was um, with Courtney Penrose. Mm -hmm. And so um, that one, the, uh, the kind of shade of Stannis Baratheon is actually an NCU. And you can actually assassinate NCU Courtney Penrose. Oh, um, that's awesome. So yeah, I've done a lot. It was a lot of work, but it was a lot of fun. Um, and I'm, yeah, I just enjoy doing it. Uh, I know we joked about like the, what was it? Chase on, on the frozen shore where there'd be like a, <laughs> a bearded free folk chieftain. <laughs> amiable, but also deadly. And like, uh, you oh, there you go. Talk. Wow, yeah. fair enough. I don't know so about maybe that. that uh, yeah, we'll talk. <laughs> oh yeah, I'll, I'll tell you. We'll, we'll 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 boost those stats up or something. We have to have a. <laughs> he rolls a eighteen die. There we go. Oh, yeah, and then he dies. It just is a. <laughs> I'm not sure. Massed combat is is the the thing for me. Multiple opponents. That sounds a little bit tough. Being uh, put in a unit with a bunch of people clashing in another unit. 
<laughs> well, these are absolutely amazing. And uh, so if you guys are listening to this, make sure you check it out. Uh, if you were going to, you know, so one thing we're thinking about is as we start to get back up and rolling, and I know some locations like, you know, we're still not playing games. You know, you might think about doing like an intro series where you're you're bringing people in for what ifs and, uh, you know, setting up a few of these and being like, hey, guys, like every Friday, we're going to get together and do like a what if and see if we can rewrite history and have like a really cool themed series you do at your store yeah i'm always kind of surprised that there hasn't been uh not specifically based on like you know my scenarios but there hasn't really been any more kind of like epic youtube battle reports like because the titles are so clickbaity and so good you know like yeah insane battle of the bastards like 60 point battle or what if a death let's round some people up let's get them going (laughs) well i know um chris from sunday slaughter which is amazing i think he mentioned on facebook that he's doing kind of some themed lists for uh season two so i reached out and um yeah he's kind of um using my open creation list just to kind of help him maybe format some lists but uh, i'm really looking forward to his videos they're they're so good oh my god they are amazing the professional videographer and that stuff just it shows it's so sweet Mm, it's subtle it's so subtle but it's it just makes everything so much easier to understand and just really engaging. Uh, as a side note here, you know, would you be opposed to us? We could put these on the Song of Ice and Fire builder that people could like export it with like the scenario tokens in place to play in Tabletop Simulator. Is that something yeah, that would all be interesting? Yeah, I know that that'd be a lot of work, but uh, yeah, for sure. Like to me, in my mind, this is kind of like... Um, no, I, I don't own any of the, you know, the uh, right, right. the um, intellectual properties, so I'm happy to share it. People can use it. People can make videos on it. Uh, I'm just, like, happy to share it and do my little part for the community. Well, I absolutely love the stuff you've been making, and, uh, and I hope, you know, keep it up. You've got so much good stuff up there, and what we'll do is we'll feature one. Maybe we'll do one a week on, on the Facebook page, too, to, to make sure people are checking them out. I'll start with my favorites here. We'll maybe do some free folk ones in the beginning, but... <clears throat> Um, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll try and work through all of them, but they're just so great. And, uh, you know, I really hope you keep making such awesome content. Yeah. If, uh, people want to check out the website right now, it's boardmangaming.com. Um, I just posted a new one. Like typically I like to do them in bulk, like maybe five to 10 scenarios at once, but this one, I kind of just had the idea. So I did a, for the watch scenario, which is kind of Bowen Marsh trying to assassinate Jon Snow. And then on the other side of the board, you have the stag knights fighting, uh, the giant, kind of like when one one was killing Sir Patrick, and then all of that chaos, you know, they they stabbed Jon Snow. Um, so I thought it'd be a fun scenario. I just kind of threw that up there. So if you want to check out that new one, uh, and then like I mentioned as well, I'm super excited for the Greyjoys. So probably early next year, uh, there'll probably be around 10, 12 new scenarios all about the Greyjoys, uh, dragons, obviously. And yeah, I'm always updating them as well. So if you go back and check, you'll see new stuff like. Um, for the Watcher on the Wall, I'm going to have to add in the War Mammoths and change the rules around a little bit. So there's always some tinkering going on. Uh, you got any what-ifs kicking around with the dragons coming out soon? Um, I definitely want to do the, um, I guess in the show they called it the... Um, spoils of War, that battle against the... Yes, the, the Spoils of War. I'm trying to think of, they called it the Loot Train. That's the what loot they called train, it. The, yeah. Yeah, I definitely want to do the Loot Train battle. Um, oh. So you have Drogon, um, I guess, in the Dothraki versus uh, Bronn, Jamie Lannister. I just am trying to think of how I can get the Lancers in a defensive position and then have a kind of like a wave of Targaryens. So I'm just trying to think of the best scenario. I'm uh, sorry, the best game mode uh, for that scenario. Uh, as for the dragons, I'm sure there's going to be some cool stuff. You can always do like Bobby B versus the dragons. Like yeah. um, fun stuff like that. Or maybe the dragons 
you know, what if they uh, flew into the north and Mance Raider conquered the dragons? <laughs> hey, all right. Now you're speaking my language here because we know secretly that's going to be the plot twist, right? It's the, the whole series is going to secretly have been about Mance Raider. That's why it's taking so long to write The Winds of Winter because ah. George said, okay, I have Mance, exactly. Karma, and Rattleshirt. Uh, I guess Rattleshirt's dead. <laughs> I have Mance, Karma, okay. and... Um, I don't know. All the wildlings are pretty much dead. <laughs> I mean, here's my strategy, though. Okay, so I've got to start trying to find a way to get a hold of Jim Ludwig from Dark Sword Miniatures because I know he talks to George R. R. Martin. I just have to convince him, and then he'll go back to George R. R. Martin and maybe start to influence him there. And next thing we know, free folk coming on top here. Yeah, Harma riding a dragon. There you yeah, go. I mean, I think oh Harma my gosh, the flanking ability would be <laughs> tremendous. Um, um, yeah, that was another cool thing too. When you see people like I know Jim Ludwig like like the scenarios, and that's kind of like a small thing. It's like, oh, that's so cool that someone who's like so prominent in the community does these um, this amazing work with all these miniatures. And so, like in the back of my head, I'm like, you know, has like Fabio ever seen my scenarios? Like, I I don't know. Well, let's you know, I'm trying to get him on here for a future podcast. I'll get him on here and we'll have him take a look. Oh, that'd be like, we'll see what he thinks here. Cause, through. <laughs> yeah, because I know I know he's like a big fan because we've talked before on the podcast. And even before podcast, he just loves the stuff that community creates. And he really, uh, you know, enjoys thematic scenarios. And so I'm guessing he's probably already seen yours. If if not, though, it's like I can tell it's like in his wheelhouse. That's the That'd cool awesome. thing is like Michael and Fabio are such fans of the game. Like, it's just cool that they think it's cool that people are making stuff as well. Like, yeah. And then you got Michael just painting yeah. beautiful portraitures yeah. of, of the mountainside. And I'm sure you're so, right now he's... He's in Canada as well. Oh, sorry. Yeah. I <laughs> yeah, he's up there with you guys, right? He's, uh, yeah. you know, I don't know if that bodes well for Canada or maybe Canada will influence him. And like next time we see him, it'll just be all like happy pictures. Well, uh, the weather has been strangely dark for the last <laughs> you know, couple months. It's, there's <laughs> been dark clouds everywhere. I wasn't sure I mean... exactly what the There's going around, but uh, we're happy to have him. We're happy to have him. There we go. That's that's the most Canadian thing I think you've said right now. It's like, of course, we're happy to have him. Welcome. Uh, any uh, so you know, any uh, stores or things you want to give a plug or a shout out for? And yeah, I'm obviously I'm excited to to get playing again, but I'm gonna. Uh, I'm just super busy with some other stuff right now, but I know when kind of those stores open up again, I'm I'm gonna hopefully get in the competitive scene a little bit. Uh, you might see me out there, but um, right. I think for now I'm just gonna lay low. Uh, wait for the Greyjoys, uh, hopefully next year, and uh, enjoy all the other stuff. I think a bunch of stuff's coming out in November, hopefully. So, yeah. um, and now that I said that on the podcast, it's official, right? That's what they it's say. It's official. I think. I think that's how it on works. The podcast, it, it's going to be in the game. Is, so, is that it? Must it must be? I, I don't know. Yeah. If we have that kind of power, but either that we just set up expectations for a lot of people to be disappointed if things. <laughs> Like, but your guest said, and I'd be like, mm, I don't know. And I know, you know, it's always great talking with in Discord. You're kind of like one of my teacher buddies that I can uh, vent or commiserate with or or talk with about uh, everything. So, um, you know, thanks not only for that, but also for the amazing stuff you do in the community. Oh, man, thanks so much for having me. This is uh, a pleasure. And uh, guys, be sure to check out BoardmanGaming.com. Uh, let us know where we post this uh, in the comments below. You know, what's your favorite scenario? Are there scenarios like what ifs that you would like to see made? Uh, let Shane know. And, you know, once again, your stuff just looks so amazing. Thank you. And yeah, I love getting suggestions. I know, I, I think like a year ago, someone like casually uh, mentioned on my post in Facebook, like, hey, it'd be cool if there was like a three, you know, way battle scenario. 
and it took me a long time, but eventually that turned into um, like a Stark, Baratheon, Lannister war, like this really in-depth scenario. So I love getting these kind of just like even small ideas that I can really build off of. So any kind of uh, suggestions, comments, uh, requests, I'd be so happy to uh, to hopefully create something cool that you all, all you guys can use. And we've got some cool things in the works, and uh, I'm looking forward to talking to you about Shane off air. And uh, for everybody else, in the meantime, hope you get your miniatures on the table. <laughs>